Music from D.C. and Baltimore You'll find it all here on Corridor Waltzes or cut time or straight for four You'll find it all here on Corridor Hello, welcome to Quartercast. This week's guest is Woodfur. They're so good. Um, so they have a show coming up October 13th at the Wine of Space. Put that on your calendars. I'm going to do my best to be there. In this talk, we go over some of their hilarious early band names uh, and how one got Tim in trouble a little bit, although it shouldn't have. You'll hear him explain that. We go over how they mesh some of their influences together because they're not all coming from exactly the same place, but it really meshes together in a nice little blend. We get just a little bit technical talking about sound because they don't actually have a bass player, which I didn't even realize at first because of how they compensate. That was another interesting point. So yeah, it was a good talk and we'll get going on that. Um, I don't know if you can hear it in my voice, but I have a little bit of a cold, which is worrying me because as I put this up that Monday, San Labrada will be going into the studio and I really don't want to get anyone else sick. Particularly Rain, we need her voice on point, but hopefully everything will be fine. Much hand washing and that kind of thing. I'm really excited to record. The last one I did was with my old band called Killjoy Circuit. That band was a lot of fun to be in. We didn't end up doing too, too much after we got the record together, but it was still a lot of fun. We recorded down at Inner Ear Studios with Don Zentera, and he was just total pro. The only thing I would change about the whole experience is wait until I was a stronger songwriter and had a better catalog of songs. I remember one thing when we were recording, he goes, now I know you know this, but your vocals aren't in the same key as the instruments, right? And uh, (laughs) I just had to laugh because I was, I don't know, in my head it sounded fine, but I did also realize that it wasn't quite matching up. It's funny to have him point that out, but it He was trying to work with us, a consummate professional, trying to work with us. At any rate, I'm really looking forward to this project, and I know Rain will not be singing in a different key. She's always on point, as are Sharon and Colleen. So yeah, I hope it goes well. The plan is to see if we can pull out a full length. I think with the time we have, we can do it, but we're not trying to rush things either. So obviously, I'll let you guys know how it's going and keep you updated. Before we get to the Woodford talk, I'm going to play a track off their EP called Scent. That's just amazing. So just to get right into it, here is Scent.
Hey everybody, I'm here with Woodfur. Can we just go around so everyone can recognize your voice, say what you play, and uh, your name? Yeah, hey, I'm Rita. I play guitar, I do a bass amp. <laughs> I'm Al, I play drums. I'm Tim, I play the, the high-frequency guitar. All right. Now, what what kind of gear do you play? What makes it the high-frequency guitar? Well, I play through, um, now I play through a, a PV amp. Um with the Fender Stratocaster, and I just turn all the highs and the mids up, turn it to the last uh, pickup, and just try to keep it like at a higher frequency than Rita's lower lower end stuff. Okay, cool. Yeah, I wanted to actually dive right into that because when I was listening to the EP you guys put out, I um, I was kind of impressed by how the bass sounded. It sounded like its own thing, almost almost like a Minuteman kind of situation. So, how did you guys? Uh, find that sound like was that something you consciously decided to do or were you just like messing around with the instruments one day and hit on that i think it's about both yeah we were trying out new ideas and sounds and then tim just recommended like why don't you try the bass sound how would that sound like okay i'll try it <laughs> i like to try anything and then yeah sounds pretty good since you don't have a basis that helps out a lot yeah, I when I first started playing with Tim about three years ago, for a while he was playing this guitar. What was it made of? The wooden guitar? Yeah, it was made of some kind of a Brazilian tree. I got it from um, Brian Fur, who is a luthier at Brickhouse where Rita and I used to practice. Okay. Um, and it was like a travel, you know, like a travel size three fourth guitar, acoustic electric, and that had a pretty unique sound. So I think I was influenced just by the fact that that guitar was pretty unique. Yeah, I love that guitar. It was, it was somewhere just it wasn't usable anymore at a certain I point. still have it. It is usable. Oh, okay. Um, I just, we just haven't used it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Might be a good excuse to bring it back out, right? Yeah. <laughs> I, I need to uh, tinker with it a little bit so it stays in tune better. Sure. But, yeah. It's interesting because there's a lot of opinions about playing a band with guitar but no bass. Like, there are people who are just like, you're doing that you're doing it wrong you're gonna hurt people's ears <laughs> blah 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 or like just arranging it wrong but i've always liked there's a lot of good bands with you know two guitars no no bass or whatever yeah. certain records like that uh so i think it's 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 cool and i i my my other band uh western blot for uh, i think two years we had just two guitars and, and drums and one of the guitars decided to switch the bass but i like the final two guitars oh i didn't realize that yeah, oh, yeah. For the first probably half dozen shows we did, it was guitar and guitar mm -hmm. drums. Now it's kind of funny you mention that because I didn't realize there was no bass. I guess that's your guitar I'm hearing. Right. It's, it has that lower lower thing, so you really don't miss it at all. It's pretty cool. Yeah. It's an interesting way to do something <laughs> different. Yeah, I yeah. always think about maybe going to bass, but at this point, how the songs are structured is kind of like, yeah, it's not necessary right now. <laughs> just add more bass to it. Yeah. I have distortion in there, but just add more bass. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Do you play bass in addition to guitar? Or? No, I you used to fiddle it. with it a little bit back in high school, but I just went to straight guitar because um, my first band, like, I just went to that first and my friend didn't know how to play bass at all. <laughs> and she just learned it from there. But it was, yeah, I just like the way it just feels right now <laughs> and tim you were gonna say something i didn't mean to cut you off. oh no 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 problem um i really like bass a lot i played bass in blood horses and uh i think bass is a really important component of music that gets overlooked a lot and i think the idea behind trying it through the bass amp was like oh you don't have to learn bass and you don't have to get a bass and you don't have to deal with a different instrument you can play guitar 
and just make it lower. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I was actually surprised. I did like research on it. Like, is it safe to play guitar through bass? <laughs> people? And uh, the other way around is not okay playing bass through guitar amp. But um, apparently, it's done pretty often. Actually, and not really, not really like talked about except with like crazy gearheads on forums. <laughs> right. <laughs> Even our other friend band that we played with when we were in Blood Horse was High Bent, and I think she played a, her guitar through a bass app and got rid of some of the strings that oh, she, it wasn't necessary for her to use. <laughs> yeah. So that's also very much an inspiration, too. She kind of turned it into a bass. Yeah. <laughs> so I turned it into, like, a machine, basically. Right. She played it through, like, a couple amps, I think, mm-hmm. and just, like, made it its own new kind of instrument using uh, pedals and, and uh, multiple amplifiers and all that sort of thing. Yeah. So I was digging around online. I like to do at least a little bit of research uh, about the bands that are on the show, but I didn't see a lot of like history. So why don't we start there? How'd you guys meet up? How did you guys become a band? You've been playing long. Yeah, um, me and Tim. Wow, we go way back even before Blood Horses. We used to play a little bit up in uh, Gouch. <laughs> um, and then... Um, Blood Horses came later on after that. I don't know. When did we start? I want to say 2012 or... I think 2012. Yeah. That's when, when we... started. Yeah, when we officially Here, started. graduated from college. Yeah. yeah. Did you both go to Goucher? We, we did. I was going to say, um, we actually didn't go to college together, but she knew me through um, Emma, who she met on... Some well, I, I some band form, it. right? It was like we were looking for bands and or people to play with, and I just saw her posting and the way the website worked that you had to pay for it. So we had to work around it by like putting our email like strategically written down because they will catch you for that, and that's how we got in contact with each other. You have to like put it in code, yeah. Like, <laughs> Separate the at from the. <laughs> on the word yeah it was like that and um yeah we started playing it's like oh yeah i know basses and then tim came along and that that was probably 2009 maybe earlier because i graduated yeah. in 2009 it was probably 2007 yeah yeah right that yeah. was <laughs> wow. each other for a while and then blood Ten horses right <laughs> yeah um and then just blood horses came about since everyone was more settled and we can really start the band again and then we added Haley. um and so it formed for there for a couple years um we broke up but at good terms we're still all taught to each other friendly and then i took hiatus for a minute from music trying to decide my life and other personal things i was going through um and Tim was in other projects and was steadily like, you should play again, you should play again. I'm like, I'm not ready. Slowly just pestering Rita. Right. Right. Um, Because that's even how um, Al and Tim know each other. They had the band um, Mears Vera first uh, together. And that kind of like, that was, yeah. Yeah, because I had... When I was doing uh, stuff for the city paper and like doing the the concert list and the short list, you know, there'd always be bills where I'd have to, you know, say who's playing. And so I'd just look up bands just to get a sense of who they are. When I see interesting bands, I'm like, yeah, I'm a male play a show with them. So I remember I saw something about Blood Horses and was like checking out some stuff. And then I hit them with an email. I think I asked them to play one particular show and they couldn't do that one, but then they invited me to do a show with them at the Crown. 
And I think this was only a few months before Blood Horses broke up, because this was 2014. Yeah, and just, I feel like it, maybe it was pretty nascent, too. It was, like, early on. Yeah, yeah. So, this, yeah, this was, a, this was a while back. Um, and then, so, Western Blood did that show with, with Blood Horses. And then I think a few months later, because I basically I got a practice space for Western Blood, but I wasn't using it a whole lot because we're very sporadic. I'm just, I just won't go months without booking a show or anything mm. or doing much with those guys because it's kind of a solo project where I just kind of get people and do shows when I can. Yeah. Um, so so I was just looking for people to, to, to play with in the practice space because I had kind of done my solo project thing. I wanted to get back to just being a drummer and stuff too because I really enjoy just, you know, working with other people's songs and kind of being just a drummer too. Uh, and so I think on Elfwire I put a thing and then Tim reached out to me. Oh uh, yeah, Elfwire, yeah. You know, so we started <laughs> so so after we had done the show together, then we, we got together in my practice space and just worked on some of his songs and then we got a bassist and had Maris Vera, which only really lasted for one show. Uh, but it was I really like those songs. Like I'm always pestering Tim like we should yeah. we should <laughs> either repurpose those songs for what for or do like a one off E P or something because those were those were good songs too. Um, but that was a then we we played for probably a year on that stuff and just yeah. ended up doing one one show. Then the the bassist did she move or did she just she like she went was to busy California with all of a sudden <laughs> and then, uh, yeah and then kind of fizzled a little bit yeah so that that just kind of turned into Rita came in and we worked on her songs and started a new thing yeah. So uh, Western Blood is is really different from Wordfur. Can you talk to me a little bit about um, how do I want to put it? Do you do you get different things out of the projects, uh, and what would that be if so? Well, yeah, like I said, I I kind of do that project as a songwriting thing because you know when you're just a drummer, there's not a lot you can. You know, it's like, you, you know... Hold on, nobody's just a drummer. Drummers are very important. <laughs> right, well, yeah, that's, that's the true. thing. I feel like there is... It, it's a great position to be in. You're, you're kind of the conductor of the band when you're, yeah. when you're a drummer. As far as, you know, you're kind of, you know... They can tell you what the tempo is, but at the end of the day, they follow it to you. <laughs> uh, which, you know, you try to give the people the tempo they want to play with, but at the end of the day, the drummer can kind of boss people around. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but it's funny because, like, there's songs like Scent where, like, I think we... I was playing it because I didn't want to overdo it and make it, like, super Ramones fast. Mm -hmm. And so we were playing at a pretty steady tempo, and then a couple months ago, they were like, yeah, we should be playing that faster. So we started playing it faster than we've been playing for a few months. I think it is better faster. But sometimes I'm, I, I don't want to second guess people of what the tempo should be. I try to listen to people what the tempo should be. But it's interesting because for me it's like I do Western Blot with like synthesizers, but it's very like kind of guitar rock influenced. Um, but, you know, I've played in all these different kinds of bands. Like I play in a metal band, I play in like a screamo band, I play in like kind of a folky band. But there's a lot of stuff that like I think that, that, that we get in like this stuff with Woodfur and, and, and playing with Tim and stuff where it's like, for me, like stuff like, you know, SST and like post-punk Sonic Youth, that kind of stuff is really my bread and butter, but I haven't played in a lot of bands that have that kind of set of influences. So Woodfur is one of the first bands I've really done that I think has a sound that's closer guitar wise to what, you know, it's like, I like playing different stuff. That's not right down my lane, yeah. but it's fun to actually play in a band that is a little closer to what like, you know, if I was playing guitar, it would probably would sound like. Mm. 
Absolutely. And you hear a lot of the SST sound, at least on the EP that you guys put out that I listened to. So when did you guys record that? Oh, man. It was about a year ago. It was like yeah. summer, it's been a year. summer last year. Yeah. And uh, did I see that was a Mob Town? That was mastered by Mob Town, but it was uh, Doug Bartholomew. Right. He was in uh, Faults, and he's in a lot of other bands that I'm totally failing to mention right now, but he's, <laughs> he's awesome, too. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I just did a little demo session with them recently, just putting down some drums and stuff before I start doing stuff in Mob Town. Yeah, it was really good. Um, and with this band, we always, like, we have it, we push it through, we get it right the first time, and we're good. <laughs> that's, that's a good sign. That means, yeah. you know, the chemistry's there. And, yeah. So what did you learn from the EP that you're going to bring into the new recording? Well, um... <laughs> Well, we like um we had songs already added more. What we're doing is just try to record them as much as we can and possibly make a full length. But right now, we want to make sure that people know that we have stuff coming out. We got the new stuff because we've been playing the new stuff with our shows currently. Sure. So we would just add that on to like an album so people can listen to it. Um, there's more work coming on so again we'll have this and then it'll be an additional type of music added on top kind of like a sandwich we just keep layering layering on (laughs) till we finally have a full set and you're like okay that's what they're like you know yeah because basically with Town studios they're kind of losing their building in october and i did the western blood album with them and i've known matt for a long time even before Mm -hmm. he had the studio so when he announced that he was closing. So I was like, oh, I want to do one more thing there. So I'm starting that tomorrow. And, uh, you know, I wanted to, to do Woodford there too eventually, but now I'm just kind of like focusing on the, the Western Blood album. But one of the days we're going to have uh, Tim and Rita come in and just do as many Woodford songs as we can uh, with a, with a session there and kind of, kind of cram that in there too, while I have, have the studio time. Uh because I think we have about three songs that weren't on the EP we did last year. So we're going to do those. And probably, I, I keep telling them, like, let's try and beat the demo and see if there's anything, if we want to improve it or just re-record it to have a different recording mm-hmm. uh, to release at a later date or whatever. So we'll see. We'll see if we end up with just two songs, three songs, four songs, five songs. But, you know, I think right now we have about six or seven songs. Yeah. Yes, I think seven songs total. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm torn... We've talked about it, and it's not decided yet, but, like, when the LP comes out, should it be the songs we've already recorded and redone, or should it be all new songs or mixed? So yeah. we're still feeling yeah. that out, and I think the next uh, EP session in, like, just two weeks, yeah, probably around when this podcast comes out, actually, yeah. um, we'll determine that. Right. I think it's a classic new band dilemma of, like, <laughs> do you want to just, because most bands do an EP or two before they do an album. It's right. Like, do you want to recycle the songs or like, because I feel like sometimes like the first few songs you write as a band are kind of essential where it's like, it wouldn't make sense to have the first album and not have it on unless it's year, years later or you totally change your sound or, or something. So it's like, it's one of those things where it's like, you don't want to just say, hear the same songs over and over, but at the same time, if it's kind of your identity in that moment, it's like, you don't want to discard, like, especially like two or three of those songs that are on the EP we did last year. I'm like, those it'd be weird to do an album without some of those on them. Right. Yeah. And by that same token, like I was talking about uh, with you, Al, before we started recording, is like 
at the same time, as you progress as a band, you get tighter and like you might change certain things. Yeah. So it's kind of like an opportunity to to take an old song and make it a little more polished. Well, that, yeah, I've, I changed certain fills and things on the songs after like in just a couple months after we recorded them last year. Where now it's like a fellow song, like, yeah, I, I totally. It's not dramatically <laughs> different, but for me, it's like now when I listen to it, like, that's not the real version of the song. That's not <laughs> yeah, really yeah. how I play it's it. It's weird now. how when like something is recorded, it just becomes like etched in stone, but it, it's really not a lot of the time. Like, you know, like he said with changing the drums, I've changed up what pedals I've been using and mm-hmm. all sorts of. I have a new amp. Yeah. Like, I recorded. Oh, that, well, that'll change that, it um, like yeah, a lot. Exact, exactly. I recorded that, the album actually with the Fender. Like a little practice fender that started to kind of crap out like during that yeah. during that session actually oh, yeah. there's a couple times where it just like didn't turn on yeah we're like you hope alive yeah. <laughs> and then, and then there were fun. good takes that were ruined by that just add that extra layer of punk rock you need oh, yeah. the you failing the equipment break a string here too oh yeah that's why I think that the one there is Vera show was it you had someone else's guitar yeah i had Haley's guitar because Haley and i were in a band called the k's that never ended up doing much but like post blood horses um and we we you know i, I used her equipment and i was using it in mary's fear and we played at this house show at um lucky day uh, and my you know it was fine during sound check and then i played like one chord <laughs> and it just didn't work. Oh god. That was that was I think so nerve wracking for you. Yeah. Was... It was nerve wracking for me, but it wasn't nerve wracking for anyone else. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. like, no, <laughs> that's like a literal musician's nightmare though, right? Like mm-hmm. you play one chord and then that's it. You got yeah. nothing. <laughs> this guitar I'm used to playing that's all primed for this exact thing, all of a sudden it's work. Yeah. But that's yeah. part of it too. That's part of the reason playing live is fun because you have to roll with the punches absolutely and like i've been playing music live since i was like a small child so it's just fun to like keep that keep that kind of thing going yeah oh really how'd you get your start um i started playing violin when i was like in third grade oh wow in orchestra symphonies with cello um and then i stopped playing classical music like in my late teens and just switched to to rock was that like through a school thing or was it just like, okay. Yeah, it was through it was... Uh, New Jersey public schools. Right. And um, yeah, it, it laid a foundation for like knowing how to play music a lot mm-hmm. for me. And now I know you were in, were you yeah, in I, was, I, did, I did school band. I did marching band all through like from fifth grade to 12th grade. Doing drums? Yeah. Yeah. Like it was, the, I, was I was always the tall kid who could hold <laughs> the biggest bass drum. <laughs> 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 yeah, it was like on and off with piano because my mom's like, yeah, play piano. I was like, no. But most yeah. of it, I did vocals. Um, I started singing really young, like four or five, and just kept with choir most of the time until like high school. I was kind of in choir and I gave up. I was like, I don't want to play this anymore. And then I saw guitar and I was like, okay, I want to do this at the same time. Because even at 11, I started writing poetry really young and just kept writing and writing and writing. So add all these elements together that's like very useful because my brothers they're good with the artistry of like painting and drawing and I was like the music one I tried to keep up with mm-hmm. them but then I found music okay this is my thing <laughs> that way you don't have to compete with them right yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, I um, I started out on piano too, and that's really good for like theory. But um, yeah, I know for me, just guitar, there was something magical about it. That's what I wanted to play. What was it for you that drew you to guitar? Was there like some band that really? Yeah, it was. To? I was getting very much into uh, punk at like 14, 15 years old. That's when my first band was about. Um, and I was mesmerized by, um, especially Brody Daly from uh, Distillers, because mm. I used to love Rancid, and then I followed them. And I was like, oh my God, those guitars are cool. And then Tim Armstrong had like a hollow body. Um, yep. That's my real first guitar I bought. I have an Ibanez hollow body. Um, that That's because they played it, and I want to <laughs> play like them, and it sounds so cool. And my mom's like... Right. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> it still kept up. There's a few scratches yeah. on it, but it has kept up you over still time. Play that one? Mostly for practice now. Mm-hmm. Um, I know I should bring it out a little bit. Um, maybe try with the bass and see how that sounds. Yeah. But yeah, my mom's like, you want to learn to play guitar? I'm sending you to a class because even my high school had guitar class, but she wanted me to learn even more. So I had private lessons and then I kind of got over it. I was like, I want a band now. I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> my first punk band. Oh my God. We were the vagrant tyrant bombs. Yes. <laughs> oh my God. And then we became the vagrant bombs because it was just oh, too why'd long. You drop the tyrant. I know. It was so That's good. Like, Right, we we just dropped the tire. It was so long. So that's gonna be the the title of your guys' new recording, yeah, right? Wood for a vagrant siren bombs. Yeah, it's a song homage to that. Oh yeah. god, if I can remember, we had like a, literally a song that was sixty seconds. <laughs> we were like this is a sixty second song. <laughs> do you have any like tapes or something of you guys playing do you have any recordings or? um actually i do i found like we had our own like small like mini recording tape deck thing um and then my friend Haley helped me figure out how to even get that tape to work and it does have all, most of the old songs awesome. on there That's and so i'm just cool. listening to myself what was i saying what was i doing it's very anarchist and talking about very political things and in your face it's still in my blood but <laughs> I'm just like I was just that teen that's like for everything yeah. <laughs> but yeah I'm glad I still have that and found yeah. it that's it still exists it's amazing yeah that's like the the screamo man I played when I was 18 I found the CD of like that we made I was like I need to put this back online sometime soon <laughs> have you done it yet can people that, find yeah. it okay I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do it because it was one of those things where we actually went to the studio and recorded it oh and I okay I think that one of the guys kind of circulated the album a little bit it was out there a little bit but it was never really like Release, release. And what was the name of your screamo band? It was What's the awesome? True Human Motive. Oh, that's pretty right. good too. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> true yeah, what was the f- yeah? What was the f- name of your first band? The name of my first band. I, I I played a lot with these folks in New Jersey. Like New Jersey is a very music centric place. Sure. So especially in the suburbs. And um, not much else to do besides yeah. go to New York. I guess exactly. Not much else to do besides go to New York. You know, drive around kind of aimlessly do stuff you shouldn't do as a teenager <laughs> and you know we had great radio stations like WFMU and Princeton and Philly stations and New York stations so it was just really easy to get into music with a certain group of people and just kind of like playing a band name it something different playing a band name it something different um, yeah. I'm trying to remember the first name <laughs> the first band oh yeah I do remember so I was in this band called Hispanics oh wow in uh, high school and all of us were Hispanic. 
but we they didn't let I us feel play. like if you didn't if you weren't all <laughs> Hispanic and you had that name yeah that'd be awkward yeah, all of us, it was like Gonzalez Rodriguez Richelli uh, and me and my friend Alex and they didn't let us play at the talent show because they thought Hispanics was like too something they couldn't like really explain they were why. all they were like <laughs> yeah, I was like but we're all we're all Hispanic though have yeah. you followed the thing with the uh, the band the Slants? Where it's, oh right! Uh, oh yeah, Asian American when, guys, and they like went to the Supreme Court to like, you know, they they didn't want them to copyright the name. I did and, see, like, I did see that. And stuff. I did and, yeah. see that. And and it's funny, like, and that's an actual yeah. slur. Like Hispanics yeah, like, is not a slur. Is, it's it's just like, not. But yeah, I can see not. people be like, we don't understand, but we're uncomfortable. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean, yeah, we could have used a much worse word. We. I don't know, it was just like a loud, kind of like, you know, flipper-influenced, like, post-punk nice. party band kind of thing. That sounds um, fun. Yeah, yeah, fun times. So, did you, um, did you play much in New Jersey before you moved to Baltimore? In high school, yeah. Um, I played with these bands in high school. Um, again, with all these different names I can't even, like, remember right now. But it was mostly with the same group of people, all of whom are in bands now still. Okay, to this that's day, good. In, in their various cities that we've kind of like dispersed Me to. Um, but we did basement shows in New Jersey in high school a lot. And that was really fun. Playing with like hardcore bands and like ska band, you know, like all the things. That Mix it all up. <laughs> the early 2000s in New Jersey. Do you, um, do you have any like... When you moved to Baltimore, do you have any thoughts on uh, the differences? Do, do you sense, like, a difference in the scene um, here versus there? Or? <clears throat> the scene that I did a lot, as far as as an um, audience participant, was mostly in New Brunswick, New Jersey, like mm-hmm. Rutgers, and a little bit Jersey City. And those areas have, like, really heavy music. And Baltimore also has a lot of really heavy music. What I didn't see as much, and this is just me, I'm sure there's plenty of it, in New Jersey was like electronic kind of poppy art dance music, which I hear a lot in Baltimore. Yeah. Like when I came to Baltimore, it was like Dan Deacon and Beach House and Animal Collective and like all these kind of like psyche poppy, like electronic bands. Um, so that was like a huge difference. I noticed like more art punk in Baltimore from what I've seen and more like, I don't even know what to call New Jersey's, what I saw in New Jersey scene heavier in my experience. Just heavier, yeah. Because I understand Baltimore music used to be known as being heavier. So, yeah. And then, and then like, then you had folks like Dan Deacon come in, kind of change it up a bit. So I see what you're saying. Yeah, but the yeah. New Jersey still has those um, those light bands. You know, they have, like, Speak the Plow and the Feelies and the Yellow Tango and all those kind of, like, indie pop bands that, that aren't really... I mean, I guess now you also have um, DuckTales and... Uh, you know, his band, and they're kind of more on the light, kind of psychedelic indie pop side of, like, old-school New Jersey stuff. And uh, I'd kind of be remiss, Al, if I didn't ask you while we're on this subject. Um, so what are your thoughts on where Baltimore music is now? I know you write about it a lot or have written about it a lot. You follow it. I mean, you know, it's one of those things where there's there's never a dull moment. There's always... Uh, you know, it's one of those things where I don't get out as much, and so for me yeah. it's like, I get out, I, I play shows to see bands at this point, where, and even that was true, like, like I said, like when I wanted to check out Blood Horses, I was like, I'll do a show with them, because then I'll actually get out, whereas it's hard to get out of the house, but like uh, on Sunday we went to uh, 
see Tim's other band, Wishing Rock, who was on this podcast right. a while back. Um, and that was a great show. And like the bands they played with were great. Alcohols, uh, who are putting out now in September, were really awesome. So I was like, it's a new band I can look forward to now. Uh, so yeah, there's, there's just always stuff. Baltimore's interesting because, like he said, there's 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 always been a little bit of a forward thinking. I, it's interesting because that a lot of that did happen around like kind of the Wham City, Dan Deacon generation. But even before that, I feel like Baltimore was a little ahead of the curve when like you might go to like a punk show and there'll be someone playing with a laptop kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So there's always been a lot of of that, and it's always been a, a pretty accepting of like everyone who is doing something different has a place to do it kind of thing um so yeah it depends on where you are you know most of the city you'll get all the different types of music but out the counties um that i notice is going to be either like cover band mm-hmm. a metal band or some country band like we it's it's interesting because we do have all different types of music but the one that i notice that's kind of like hard to reach is jazz in Baltimore. It's not a lot of it. It's there. I feel like that's more like who you know and where you know you can find it. Sure. But there's not a lot of that presence. But you still have that punk presence and people try to have it um, minusing out all the spaces that are closing down. We try to have creative ways to use that. And sometimes artists use their for advantage. It could be like a solo project person who's using like their own instruments and one at a time like a loop. Or you'll have a band like it's a lot of three piece bands on notice too because it's um less people and it's a creative way to show more of what you can do to that sound. Only three schedules to deal with. Right. <laughs> it was funny after the Wishing Rock show they had him and the other three people in that band. Actually, I guess they have a fifth member now. Ooh, but, like, they were all huddled around with their, like, schedules and their phones, like, trying to coordinate their next practice or whatever. I was <laughs> like, you know what? I think the difference between a three-person band and a four-person band is that of, like, you know, it just, every time you add a person, it becomes so much harder to sync up your schedules. Absolutely. Like, <laughs> there's something to be said for trios, just as from a logistical standpoint of, you know, once you get two people on the same page, they just force the other person to, to show up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so what uh, what venues do you guys like playing? Um, we pretty much like anything so far. Um, I played a house. That was fun because it's always like more people. Um, that was a fun show. Right. Yeah. Wishing Rock played there as well. Yeah. Funny. That's you. That was even fun too. Like every experience with a house show lately, it's been good. It's still classic to the warehouse and bars or clubs that. Um, I really like the Joe Squared show because I hadn't yeah. been there since they had that little basement area, and that was a really great show. And we had like the pizza with spaghetti on it. Yeah, that was <laughs> nice. good. So anytime there's food involved in the show, <laughs> yeah. I'm happy. Right. <laughs> Joe, Joe Squared. I mean, I liked what they were going for in the old space, but you had to walk in front of like. A very quiet cafe, coffee house type of like. Yeah, you know, it's a much better vibe now. But now they they keep they cordon it off downstairs, and they made it work really well. It's more cohesive. They've done what they've done, and they've 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 got who they got booking and engineering and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, sidebar is another good place that we go to a lot. Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. (laughs) That's our mainstay. Yeah, it's every time I go to Sidebar, I feel like this show doesn't sound that great, but it's always like the best time. Like I'm always having the most fun. I don't know what it is. I, I had a bandmate in another band who just kind of 
at one point they were like, I don't want to play the sidebar. And I was like, oh, bummer. It's always a good time. It's better than you think it does on Yeah, that's true. You guys sound great. Oh, thank you. I think part of it is like the narrowness makes the crowd look like really huge. Yeah. It's just yeah, it's a nice room. I like I like a narrow room where you can see. Yeah. From wherever you are, and even if you're in the back, you can see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I mean, I like a dank, narrow pit where you can see. <laughs> <laughs> There's the only thing there is is like a bar with like really cheap shots <laughs> across from the courthouse. Yeah. And I used to go there all the time when I worked down there. Like I would go there at 5 p.m. and there'd be like lawyers, city workers, bike messengers, punks. No, and yeah. Just like. Such all hanging a, out yeah. until eight or nine, then it's the show. <laughs> the show they scatter. Another different type of people. Yeah. <laughs> all the lawyers go back to the county the or wherever. Yeah, the bike messengers actually probably go off the bed because they've been up forever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, but we like a lot of fun environments. Um, on of course, safe spaces and trying to like coordinate with certain messages involved. You know. Um, reach out back to the community if there's like a um a zine zine i always say that wrong zine, zine, zine. A zine. Yeah. <laughs> and there's a zine where we'll definitely support it um if there's something about you know people's health or you know more information we'll also be very supportive in those kind of venues as well so i never want to turn down a place like granted i would like to play out in the county <laughs> eventually and i like to play at colleges again um and maybe out of state That'll be fun. Yeah. Have you guys played out of town yet? Or um, the most is DC. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure that was really cool. Yeah. Oh neat. Right. But soon, hopefully, like to Philly, like yeah. neighboring places, not too far yeah. off. Yeah, I haven't. I haven't really. I haven't really talked to them too much. Right. I was like, at some point, I'm gonna like be like, okay, listen, I'm gonna rent a van or something. We're just gonna book a bunch of shows. Yeah. yeah. You know, <laughs> we'll see. We'll see how many days we can get them off of work. And just, exactly. <laughs> my schedule's really malleable. I can just tell, you know, people don't put me on call for these days. Right. right. So I'll see how, if I can get them to go out of town. So pressure's people, on so. you guys. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, it's all those things where it's like, you know, when you get the momentum and get the opportunity, it's like, yeah, let's just do something. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, maybe next spring. I mean, yeah. Literally yeah. The first time we talk about it, but, you know, hey, I like this. Next year, we should totally try and do something. Yeah, I start getting days off in uh, September. So I like this. There's a lot of big ideas on this show. You got the the guitars that you're gonna work in, the old guitars, and yeah. now now we're talking about tour. Yeah. I'm excited for you guys. This house, this house is brainstorm. Yeah, what else that know, we could do. When, you, when you're actually practicing with the band, you're just focused on the little stuff, mm-hmm. just like. Let's get the song down. Let's be ready for the show. So you know, you don't necessarily look at the big picture stuff. Yeah. yeah. Well, um, let's talk about future plans. So, talking about maybe a spring tour—that's just a germ of an idea. What are your guys' other goals? What's what's coming up next? Um, we have a show um, in October, Friday the thirteenth. Ooh, spooky, scary! <laughs> um, and yeah, we're, we're going to figure out a theme, a spooky theme. Yeah, so oh, spooky yeah. yeah. There's a couple bands coming down from uh, uh, New England, and yeah, that should be really fun to wind up. Cool. Um, Do you remember their names offhand? Or one is called Bong Wish. Um, <laughs> awesome. And honestly, I'm apologizing later. I forget what the other band was called. That's but they supposedly okay. sound like a very psyche Roy Orbison type of oh, thing. Oh, yeah, 
Sounds good. Yeah. Woodford we'll definitely have to try to make that one. Woodford likes to have like that psychedelic kind of feel, even though we're kind of like ambient Western type of vibe. Mm-hmm. Um, we try to have that because this is how we are. We're very already laid back <laughs> type of group. Um, but see, that's interesting to me because, like, I I think when we when they put the EP on Bandcamp, and I think psychedelic was one of the tags. I was like. I wouldn't have even expected to see that word there, but now I now I get it what she's saying. But it's like that just didn't enter my mind because I think of us as just kind of like a loud power trio, yeah, you know. True. But there is dynamics. There's some soft and loud. Yeah, like I hear punk, but I with the psychedelics, I, I the psychedelic sound. I, I can hear that now that you mention it. But that wouldn't have been the first thing I thought of right. either. But and the new song, you'll definitely hear a little yeah. bit of it <laughs> again. Yeah. So, um, how are you working that into the new songs? What's what what changes can people expect? Um, you will get a lot of different chord progressions, of course. Um, you will get a lot of high ends. You will get a lot There's of a like groove. Yeah, the swing. Um, not saying every song is like that. We just got get that influence I from it. I feel like every song's been expanding the parameters. Right. What I think is what you should do yeah. with a new band is kind of. Every time you make something, you know, you can kind of push towards the borders of okay, this this changes a little bit of what of our identity is. So yeah, and there's a lot of more that, stuff so. that I haven't even put to them yet, <laughs> and probably vice versa. That I don't know about from each other because we just come up like, oh, I have an idea. Hear this, <laughs> and then we work with it. And like, okay, and since we all kind of we we like the same thing, but we also like individual type of music that we just put that together from our like style like yeah i used to listen to soul and grow up on that but at the same time i used to love like the doors and janice joplin and like all those other 70s type bands um that also influenced me as well besides like the punk progression of ramones and the clash and adding that sound to it um but yeah that's pretty much like where i come from when i don't know tim has a lot of british bands and we both kind of like the most like the fall um can't think of one right now but another one but like that's yeah. just yeah maybe some joy division oh definitely oh, okay. joy division. yeah um, but a lot of like really crazy british bands like rudimentary p9 and leatherface mm-hmm. yeah i don't know those guys snuff and just like very uh very intense bands that just sound like they're about to like maybe live their last day on earth (laughs) recording they make right (laughs) and see a lot of that stuff is a blind spot for me so i don't even necessarily know those influences i just play along what i hear when i hear them play you know they'll they'll bring something you know play to it you know one thing with drums is you know you're really just keeping time and that that probably helps keep it fresh too if you're all coming from different places and making it you yeah. know, work together. I think, you know, it's one of these things where I feel like sometimes musicians get very caught up in the influences thing of like, you know, everyone playing together has to know what we're trying to sound like and be searching the goal. But a lot of times when I play with people and I bring ideas, I don't tell them, you know, if they don't know what I got the idea mm-hmm. from, it's almost better because yeah. then yeah. things get lost in translation. And, you know, it, you know, if I can get them to play exactly what I want them to play, that's great. But, Hopefully, I wouldn't have to say, "Okay, play like this record that was made twenty years ago." Because right. to me, that kind of takes the fun out of it. There's not mm-hmm. a, there's not the kind of intangible creativity. So that's true. I, I tend to do that though a lot of the time. Like when I bring a song, I'm like, I want the song to sound like the Fall, or like, <laughs> I want the song to sound like Polvo, or 
yeah. whatever. Well, I was like, I just sent Tim this playlist of, because, like, when, when I started playing with him two or three years ago, he sent me an email with, like, a bunch of YouTube links. And it was a lot of 80s, 90s. Uh, yeah, a lot of 80s, 90s. Uh, indie and, and, and punk and post-punk. But it was a lot of stuff that I didn't know. Like, there were a few bands I knew, but it was a lot of stuff I didn't know. It was nice just to know tonally where it was coming from as far as, like, uh, you know, kind of knowing, you know, because a lot of that stuff, I feel, is defined by the production. Yeah. So when you're playing in a room, you don't sure. really know necessarily what you want it to sound like on a record or what the person playing thinks it would sound like on a record. So it kind of helps to know, especially with drums, because... I will play a lot of things very loud, and then I'll hear a record. I'll be like, yeah, maybe this could be smaller. This could be tighter kind of yeah. thing. So. And there's a lot of times that I have something, and I scrap it. I'm like, oh, I don't like the way that sounds. I don't like this one. Maybe I should evolve it to this. Because I do like bands when they have a certain way that they go. But there's often times that it gets kind of boring. Mm-hmm. And, like, I I get it. You're I know who exactly what you want to sound like. I know exactly what you want to do. And at this point, I'm like, I could listen to them right now. <laughs> Especially if you're new. I'm like, I could easily. I appreciate it. If it's a good rhythm, it brings me back. But at the same time, I just want to throw in something else that people aren't expecting to blend. You're like, okay, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, I'm, I'm always very interested in song structure and some of the stuff they brought in is like kind of, there's repetition, but it's kind of a little linear. Like, New, New Feelings was one I got really excited about. Because it's just like, there's kind of a chorus and kind of a verse, but there's also like kind of two bridges, I feel like, almost that are on either side of the second verse. So it's an interesting structure, and I really like the way it sounds. So I'm always looking for things like that, where it's like, you know, it doesn't just have to be verse, chorus, verse, chorus, bridge, chorus, or whatever. And it doesn't sound, that song doesn't sound like you guys were trying to do something different with it. It just sounds natural, but yeah, it's kind of interesting the way that it flows. Yeah, I mean, they totally, I don't know if that was all you or if you guys, because they kind of, I think, had, they sent me a demo of the complete song before we played in practice. So I had to, like, kind of learn the structure. I was like, oh, this is great, just structurally. That was a little like, I had nothing to change. Blood horses. Mm-hmm. But I, I, sometimes on purpose, I think I try to kind of, like, eschew the whole, like, verse, chorus, or, like, sometimes even verse, pre-chorus, verse, pre-chorus, chorus, verse, chorus, bridge, chorus, you know, like, yeah. it's kind of, it's great if you can do that, but... It's also great if you can change it up without anyone necessarily noticing too much mm-hmm. and still having it. Yeah, there, there are songs I will love for 10 years and then I'll realize that the structure is unusual. Mm-hmm. But it's like you're really, you know, you're responding to the the, the song itself and it's almost like if, if something doesn't draw attention to itself. Because I like a lot of prog rock and kind of complex stuff, but sometimes the things that draw attention to the complexity, it can be a little much. Yeah. It's yeah. nice when you do things that are a little clever but don't, you know, kind of broadcast that they're clever, you know? Yeah, it's true. <laughs> um, so when you guys play together, what inspires you? What what brings good songs out of you guys? Hmm. You just got a new space. Yeah, that helps the sound. I think that's been a little inspirational in helping the sound. And, you know, our space that we practiced at for a few years was great, but it is being closed down. Um and there's a few other bands that practice in there, too. Yeah. Um, I know HR used to, apparently... I was really excited because I saw the HR biography movie or whatever. Like, yeah. Like, Film Fest. And the first shot of it is the building we practiced in with, like, the name of the movie. And I was like, oh, no what? shit. And it was, like, 
he was like walking in through the back and it was like <laughs> filmed like the space we're in and I was just like what like, you had a whole new fan respect even, for the right, I didn't even know he's playing here but they're, they're closing it down and we got a new space yeah yeah this odd building that people have been playing in for 20 years and uh is it that one with like the the warehouse the, the, the one I jammed with you at one time yes with, yes like, the warehouse yeah because actually we did a one-off practice because there was this a, a, a venue was going to do like this this show where it was where like musicians signed up and then they kind of get oh, grouped yeah. together at random to yeah. just get together and, and, and put together a set for just this show. That's fine. But they never did the show. Yeah, I'm so I'm so kind of sad about that. They didn't follow through really and everyone was just kind of left holding back. I want to know people. They, <laughs> they matched uh, up me and Kelsey and this was after I had appeared on this podcast already yeah. once so I already knew her and they also matched us up with KB Blankson who I had just started a band with and he was also really good friends with my yeah. boyfriend. So, yeah, like, so it was kind of one of these things where it was like, you know, it wasn't random, but a classic small town Baltimore thing of just everyone knows each other. So, you know, it wasn't strangers, but it was cool. Like, we we did one practice and had like kind of a cool half a song. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but then, like, they didn't get the stuff together to follow through on making the show, so we didn't get together yeah. again and everyone was busy, so... Here's the next big idea it. that's presented on this podcast is that's going to happen. We're going to try to do it again. Yeah, we yeah. can all try to get that again. Yeah, if someone, right? someone would follow us really that, yeah. it would be really fun. I was excited about it, but then they... I mean, it's hard enough to organize just a show. Yeah. Yeah, it was an ambitious thing, but it's kind of like, you know, if you're going to do it... <laughs> yeah. Uh, but anyway, yeah, it's a shame you guys are losing that space. Um, so, so do you practice nearby now, or...? Yeah. Like for, from where that was, I mean, yeah, not that oh, far. Exactly. Yeah, um, no. we're still. I mean, a city. <laughs> yeah, we're not far from other places to play. Mm. It's not that far, not that far, but um, we're like off. Um, was it twenty? Was it twenty six in session? Like so, yeah. like near like eighty three, going in towards like you know Charles Village area stuff like that. Yeah, like the back part of yeah Remington. Industrialish Remington. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so yeah. it's it's yeah. not too I bad. I just got to see it in the space the other night. It was funny because we, I already put my drums in the studio to start my sessions, so I didn't have my drums to practice with them. But we, but yeah, I just brought like my eight track that I've been doing demos on, just kind of produced the demo of the new song because they just wrote something new. Yeah, it's nice. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that thing up. I think it's awesome. Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> so yeah, it's like now we have a demo of the new song that I can actually listen to to like figure out the drum part, and then we'll actually do a band practice. Because because we wanted to have like another new song before we record, so it was nice to kind of put pressure on us to to get something new together. So we'll we'll get that ready for the yeah. session. Yeah, which is first week of September. Yeah. Right. We just came up with that. Well, Rita came up with that. Like I don't know when, but we just started working out on it together last week so hopefully we'll get it done by september 6th yeah it'll be definitely done by then (laughs) um it was just like inspired because granted i had multiple other songs they know that i played and we're like this is good and i'm like no (laughs) and so (laughs) right i do that a lot like i said i just like go in go back do this do that and i was playing my friend and I was like, how many remember this chorus? Because people, you know, my bandmates like it. And I couldn't remember it again. Oh, I recorded God. it. Couldn't remember. I was like, what did I do? And I started playing something else. She's like, that's good. That one's good. I was like, okay. So I just stuck it to my brain, recorded it, and said, you know what? This is it. I'm done. This is what we're going to do. I gave that. And then Tim, you know, 
gave me another good insight that, you know, someone likes the way the scent sounds and maybe we need something a little bit like that again. I was like, okay, I can do that. And that's definitely what happened. <laughs> Sometimes when you forget a song, like the thing you come up with second, like that's what's meant to be, you know, right, that, right. that I find anyway. Something with no feelings too. Yeah, no feelings <laughs> was, like I said, a blood horse song that I kind of like introduced to them at the time. It didn't happen because we were breaking up. And then Tim had a different riff before that. But now since the sound is, you know, I'm more of the low end, he's high, we had to work with that. And he also helped me add more to the bridge and we just formulate that. Because I had the song, I kind of remember the lyrics, but then I just like kind of improvised with it. And I'm like, you know what? Yeah, this has come out. Because in my head, the longest time while we were doing our newer songs with Woodford, I was like, I want to play the song i remember what it went it's just in my head why well, won't it go away and then tends like kind of helped me like remember that and it's just yeah it came the song again there you go. <laughs> yeah. yeah i will it's funny because even if you do record or write things down i feel like as a musician invariably there are certain things will just it'll just be bouncing around your head for years oh yeah and you don't have a document at all but you don't forget it or it gets a little fuzzy but eventually you get it back yeah i've had a lot of things like that so do you guys tend to write collaboratively or like, uh, Tim, do you bring songs in? Rita, do you bring in like full songs or? That's a mix of it. Um, we might have stuff already that, you know, with our previous bands and um, we might still have, we didn't use. Um, we'll add that in or we'll help each other out with what it could sound like. So it's all a mixture of things, you know, or sometimes we jam and it just comes out and like, okay, this makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, like, I feel like when I bring a song in, it's like I'm bringing the ingredients mm-hmm. and I'm bringing them to the band to, like, cook them. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So it's That's like a good I, way to put it. the raw, like, things, and I kind of know which way it's going to go, but I need to add, you know, a certain element to, to, like, make a chemical reaction to make it a song. The secret herbs and spices yeah, sprinkled on top. And the yeah. yeah, with our backgrounds all together, we're already like that uh, type of musicians that we can just put something together and make it. And we do need that extra, like you said, ingredient for that other bandmate to come in. But we trust each other where it goes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so sometimes I'm like, I did not expect that, but I like it. And let's keep it. Because, you know, like sometimes you never know. Or I had it this way, but it sounds better because I have other people to help out with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what is something that you want uh, anyone listening to this to understand about your band? Well, <laughs> we're, uh, what I want them to get is that anybody can enjoy it. Um, I always introduce it to coworkers and other friends who don't necessarily listen to it. And like, this is cool. I would never expect it. Um, I just want people to vibe from what they can take from it and lyrically I know on my part I want people to you know you had this kind of feeling or you felt this way or you understand exactly to the point like that you can relate to you know I don't want to exclude anyone out from enjoying the sound um we are pretty much a chill band (laughs) I like to keep that aesthetic with us um we enjoy anybody coming in like I it doesn't matter if you do have a pop 
background you might take from it from listening to scent um if you listen to you know no feelings that it has that raw emotion or you take the road where um you kind of just go through the the moment and it's just like a very like car chill type of song like any type of <laughs> feeling or any type of way i just want people to enjoy it you know yeah i think there can be a lot of um I mean, a lot of heavy music or music that people think is heavy, like, gets this rep for being, like, aggressive or violent or whatever, but, like, I, I find a lot of um, almost, like, meditative kind of cathartic peace with a lot of, like, music that's kind of thrashy and heavy. Oh, totally. Um, and that's where I'm coming from a lot with Woodfur, because so, some of it's, you know, a little a little crazy and spastic yeah. on the, from the outside, but playing it, it doesn't feel that way. It feels like kind of not not like meditative, but you know, just kind of cathartic, I guess. I mean, I'm beating the shit out of the drums. So <laughs> we always say we want to be loud, we're loud, but you enjoy it. <laughs> Trust me, you'll like it. <laughs> Philosophically, yes, peace. But even yeah. the name is very much. <laughs> yeah, yeah, where, where did the name come from? I know that's a little bit of a lame uh, question, but in this case, no. I think. You it's good to ask. the whole story. <laughs> so, um, a couple years ago, um, it was my first time, but I know Tim is gone, and we also had another friend. We drove to New Orleans. <laughs> um, and, all right, it was yes. great. It was the best experience that I had from like road tripping. And then when we got back, we stopped in Tennessee, and we're Simpsons fans, mm-hmm. so this is going to make more sense. Uh, the World Spear was there, and it still is, which is incredible. And I remember that episode when Bart and um, the rest of the kids, they went there. They get a fake ID somehow. Yeah, to drive. Because they had this old book that was still in the card referencing places to visit. And then when they went there, it was like empty, and there was nothing there <laughs> but this spear. And the words of it was missing, and it said Wadfer. Uh-huh. And just like, but Tim, I was like, can we? He's like, ah. and then we just changed the name a little bit to Woodfur. Oh yeah, pretty much. But it came, that inspiration is from there. That's funny. Um, <laughs> we're not a bunch of wigs, you know? That's what happened. They knocked it down. Yeah. It was a bunch of wigs. <laughs> but since we actually saw it and stopped there, and we do love that The Simpsons and. You know, we grew up in that generation just watching all those episodes. And Woodford just sounds like a good combination. And also about the band, like how we are. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that's Woodford. Because it's like, when the reason I ask is because when you hear the name Woodford, you think you guys might be like folky or something like that. (laughs) And and it's definitely not. But it's it's an awesome combination. I like it. But I'd love to get people that that like folk to Mm -hmm. maybe click on it. Oh, and when you yeah blur together signifiers, you can get interesting. Uh, you know, it's not all yeah. focused on one particular. Yeah, yeah. I like to have fun, and that name is very fun. Even though mm-hmm. music can be very like a lot of different arenas, but you know, we still like to have fun with the music that is can to your soul or mentally or help you out or the lyrics get to you, all the types of themes of being a human. But at the same time, you know, we're very mellow and that's mm-hmm. what fur reminds me of very mellow moose. Sure, yeah. 
that's they I told like me that what with our, our logo was a moose. I haven't even seen it. The logo is, is a hypothetical moose. <laughs> Do we need to like, commission someone to draw a good moose? Yeah, if you're an artist out there. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I, 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 I'll put the call out. I'll put the call out. We're going to get you guys a real nice moose. <laughs> kind of humanoid moose thing going on. Like Joe Campbell. Bullwinkle? Yeah, I was thinking Bullwinkle. Like well, yeah. Right. <laughs> oh, man. All right. I always ask the same question when I close. But before we wrap things up, is there anything else that we need to make sure people know about? Anything else you need to plug? It's... um. Woodford, W-O-O-D-F-I-R dot bandcamp dot com mm-hmm. for the music. Yeah. And uh, recording. Yeah, we also have an Instagram. It's Woodford Band. That's all Baltimore. You can find us on IG and Facebook. Um, we have business cards? Yeah, so do business you? cards. Wow. Yeah, we're fancy. That's very professional. <laughs> but, you know, the thing that we do with them is we put the download code on the back of them if you, if you want to donate money. Nice. All right. So, you, you Instagram, Facebook, uh, the Bandcamp. Um, and October 13th, it'll wind up. Yep. Right. October 13th, it'll wind up. Okay. So, um, let's wrap up then. Uh, what advice would you have for musicians that are just starting out? What what thoughts do you have for the, the kids? <laughs> do it. Do as much as you can. <laughs> Play as much as you can, regardless if you think it's going to sound bad. Just keep playing. You know, I always. Uh, more recently, I've seen my niece, and she does dance, and she's young. She's, like, seven or eight, but she's so enthused by it. And I'm glad to have, like, siblings that are like, go for it, go for it. And that's, you know, that's how I feel. Like, even when I was learning, like, go for it, regardless if you make mistakes. Like, you're going to be fine because you're going to get better. Trust me. You're going to get a lot better once Just you keep it. going. Yeah. Yeah. Um, keep at it, I guess. And, you know, don't, don't worry too much about what other people think. Because you actually might just be ahead of the curve and no one else knows it yet. And I'll also say, I guess, like, somewhat hypocritically, but don't do not do, um, don't get into too many hard drugs or, or anything like that, you know? Like, seriously, yeah. it's, it's a big really. problem in the music community and it's really sad that we're at this point with, with addiction and, and overdosing and stuff. And a lot of it is musicians um, as well as depression and stuff like that. So, you know, yeah. don't, don't romanticize it. Yeah, you know it's not fun to be in that position. Yeah, make it's the music your outlet to help you go through that because I know it literally does save you. <laughs> Trust yes, me, it yes. does. <laughs> I would say get together whatever equipment you can get your hands on. Like I had the cheapest drum set I could find that I got from uh, Fat Larry's tattoo parlor. Fat Larry was selling his drums, and when I was thirteen, I got his drum set <laughs> with my birthday uh, money. Um, and I would say, you know, just uh, always just just put yourself in the position where you you have to do something. Like I just, like I said, you know, I, I the studio I recorded was closing, so I booked the time. So I'm just been the last few weeks just like writing the album because I had it in my head, but now I actually have to like make sure it's ready. And I, you know, I had to I got a practice space so that I had pressure on to make music, and that's part of how mm-hmm. this band started is because. I was looking for people to play with and start playing with Tim. So, you know, do whatever you have to do to just put, you know, not, obviously don't, you know, kill yourself with stress, but like put yourself in the position where if you, if you want to make music, find these opportunities or create these opportunities, like book a show and then figure out what you're going to do. Yeah. Because that's how you get things done. There, Because there are a lot of musicians who just 
they're great, but they don't they don't really put put it on themselves to you know record or to perform, and mm. that's that's what you got to do if you want to do it. I mean, musicians make music, so yeah. there's that. Yeah, don't worry about the brands. Just do the best you can with what you have. Because trust me, even the greatest, the latest musicians played out of, even on the street, are in their own makeshift items. Or, you know, um, also just if someone's saying you can't do it, just prove them wrong all the time. Just, just prove them wrong. <laughs> All right. Well, I know Woodford's going to prove him wrong, although I don't think anyone's saying anything bad about you. <laughs> but all right. Tim, yeah, right, Tim, Alreda, thank you all so much. This was a blast. Thank you. Thank you.